poop emoji. Oh, that's the poop hat? That's the poop hat with a masquerade hat on it. Oh, nice. Awesome, dude. It's really cool. You stole that from me. Uh, well, no. It's not how that happened. You forced me to take it home. You were like, I do not want this. Uh, <laughs> take well, it away. I, I guess we both just don't remember what happened. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just agree to disagree. <laughs> Hi, all, and welcome back. <laughs> we are Highly Invested, a podcast centered around reading and rereading Brandon Sanderson's ever-expanding Cosmere series, my name is Richie, and I'm joined by two individuals that I know on a friendship level. Oh my God. Betsy and James. Relax. Hi what there. is up, guys? What's you started up? this saying, I love you. I'd call it out. What is going on? <laughs> what are you guys up to? <laughs> <laughs> what? I was just thinking about how <laughs> we've been <laughs> relegated to the friendship level (laughs) yeah we are just friends now i have no idea what you guys are talking about um all right so so yumi and the nightmare painter uh recently dropped uh dapper and i are planning to do a, a, a podcast a little bonus episode with our reactions and our our theories and all of our comments um we both finished it already yeah it was mm, quite a book yeah, yeah can you guys just tell me kind of what your your feeling just like a one word feeling about it you don't tell me what it's about but you liked it disliked it i was i was excited i was excited throughout the entire thing i would say electric oh <laughs> yeah that's one of your favorite words for it's it it's a great word well at least this time you can actually say save it for the yumi and the nightmare Painter save podcast the, yes, let's, let's save it for the yumi oh, and the nightmare wow. podcast um Another news, uh, Jake is ready to be on the podcast. He's finished all of the books except for Yumi, and um, I asked him to rank them from his favorite to his least favorite. So when we get him on the podcast for the bonus episode, that'll be fun. Um, Jake does our intro and outro music to all the Cosmere fans who, or Kremlin fans who don't remember. Um, also, shout out to JJ, just finished Arcanum Unbounded. Um he had a blast reading Shadows for Silence in the Forests of Hell. That is a real title. For well, this is a real what is that? Canon book. Shadows, Shadows for, for Silence, silence in, in the, the Forests of Hell. Of Hell. Wow. Title. What, do you, what do you think <laughs> that's about? I have it's no idea. The, it's quite the Fallout Boy level title of a book i'd say yeah you know, crazy long titles with ridiculous sentence in total did that one come out recently no no, no that's a, it's a, a it's a short story um arcanum unbounded is a book full of like uh short stories that he's written and it's just like collected into this one book that you can read um so in the in jj's reading order i told him to read this one after he was done with uh elantris and now he's moving on to mistborn era two and i th- and then I think Tress, and he's he's up to and date too. Well, and Yumi, and obviously and Yumi. Yumi. Yeah, he's only got like five books left, six books, so maybe yeah. seven. He's audio booking it, so he is going to have a fun time. Wait, so just to back it up, because I kind of just learned about Brandon Sanderson's um, YouTube channel recently, and his um, kind of raising money to self-publish these books, but. So he published, he's publishing or has published five books this year. 
was it five three. or four? Three or out. Right. So so yeah, he started this Kickstarter, one of the biggest Kickstarters of all time. I think and it is the biggest. Yeah, and it was for publishing, I guess, maybe like one or two books. I don't I maybe it was like one book. Um and he on a on a on a YouTube video he came out and, and admitted that he was actually publishing four books within the in the next year because this is 2022 he revealed this and he was like hey guys honestly I have been writing a lot because I think that's just how he dealt with uh, COVID during the time um, Brandon Sanderson loves to get his ideas onto paper and he wrote four more books and three of them are part of the Cosmere. So it was super exciting. And I was so pissed that I missed all of the backing for that. Yeah. I completely missed out. I, missed I did not get into the yeah. Kickstarter. So now, and not Big only regret. is it just the four books, but it's also every month is just like knickknacks and trinkets and, and stickers and, and pins. Oh, that gets sent to the people that backed every month. If oh, you did okay. the full package, the full package is literally every month you're getting something. And then, and and four of those months is obviously a book, basically. So the next book they is going to be in the, October. Uh, yeah, the, the year of Sanderson is what it was referred to as. That's what this is. This year. This, this the year. year? Of oh my gosh, guys, we're in it. Mm, we're here. Yeah. yeah. So how many how many books then in the Cosmere universe has he written so far? Well, it's we can just count it. Like what's out? We can include novellas, I think. So, Kingdom Unbounded. Uh, okay. Let's just include that as one book. All those short stories. Uh, four Stormlight, so that's five. Uh, three Original Mistborn plus four Arid Two is seven, so twelve. We're at twelve now. Okay. Tress Yumi, fourteen. Warbreaker. Warbreaker is up to fifteen. Elantris is sixteen. Um, what are we, I feel like we're missing. Oh, Edge Dancer. Dawn Shard, it's 18. And then... Well, Edge Dancer is in Arcanum Unbounded. Yes, that's true. Dawn Shard is its own book, though. So say 17. That's true. 17. So 17. We're at 17. Oh, that's insane. oh the White Sand graphic novels. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely forgot about them. God damn it. So we're at 20. So you guys have read yeah. all those books other than... 17 Dapper. of them. Some of us have read it all, them all. Oh, my God. I've read them all twice, though, minus those. So I don't really know, like, a lot of, like, the foundational sci-fi and fantasy series, but do you think that this is one of the, like, longest series in one singular universe? You Well, yes, but also Wheel of, or, yeah, Wheel of Time went 20, 20 books. Mm-hmm. I haven't, have you read those all? I read the first six, I want to say. Why'd you uh, stop? And what I always like read online is the like four through seven or eight is a, is like kind of the most boring part of the entire series. But then it gets unbelievable around like nine, ten, and then mm-hmm. you can't put it down until Robert Jordan uh, unfortunately passed away, and Brandon Sanderson took over and finished the series, and that's one of the reasons he blew up. Wow. Uh, no, I got it send- on the list, but it's going to be a while before I get to to it. Send us an email, guys, of your favorite super long fantasy series, and we'll read it on the podcast after we finish these 17 books. Yeah. <laughs> there will be more before that. Before yeah, wait. We're, we're going to be <laughs> added to that number during um, all this. Also, uh, 
you know, Dapper knows this. I've been trying to read the Farseer trilogy. I'm a little slow because, you know, I've been rereading this and then I, and then Yumi came out. But I'm still on the first Farseer uh, book, which is Assassin's Apprentice. Um, I'm going to keep reading that. Yeah, I finished that series. It's really good. It, it's quite good, I would say. I mean, it's the it same kind of vi- vein, I'd say, as more Game of Thronesy. Um, but still like good high fantasy, really enjoyable story. Yeah. Great character development. Are you reading that right now? I oh, I yeah. finished that one. Yeah, no, I'm t- reading it quote unquote, but I put it down and uh gotta pick it back up. Not for any reason. I've been enjoying it. It's just been distracted making it. First a I thought you meant at first I thought you meant the Rangers Apprentice, which was a book series I read when I was like twelve. <laughs> No, did you guys no. read that series? No, but uh, Max did. Our friend Max, who is uh, Stormlight aware, he read that entire series. You guys <laughs> always bring that up. <laughs> Stormlight adjacent. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Sorcerer's Apprentice, also, which is just a movie. I think. That I- well, no, that's a series. The Sorcerer's oh. Apprentice. Oh, really? I think I did read that series too. I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'm not totally sure, but I'm pretty sure. I just finished a really great book today. It was really fun, so I'm going to recommend it to you guys. It's a mystery. It's called The Verifiers by Jane Peck. It takes mm-hmm. place in New York City, and it combines like young person in their 20s in New York City who loves mystery novels with like tech and dating apps and the whole behind the scenes of how they work. And there's like a big scandal in the dating app tech world and this this person has to play play detective it's a lot of fun especially if you're from new york city wow did it just come out yeah i think it did this year how long did it take you to read that um i've been reading on the subway pretty much only when i'm on the subway so yeah. maybe like three weeks all right cool well add it to the list Chalk it up. It's going to be a long list. Add it to the list. We're going to need a list podcast. <laughs> Save no. it for the list. We just list not, things. Not for this podcast, just for <laughs> people to read on their own. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I am going to take us in here. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing interludes four, five, and six of the Wave Kings. Now, this podcast will be divided into a spoiler section and non-spoiler section for listeners reading Cosmere novels for the first time. And with that... Let's uh, take it into Interlude 4. Interlude 4, Risen. Risen is uncomfortable with the terrain of the Shinovar people, where she is traveling with her master, Vistam. Vistam is a trader, and Risen is learning the art of trading from him. In this brave new world, she finds the lack of spren, the soil, and the abundance of green grass and trees that don't move away from her disturbing. She's used to rock, stone, and plants that hide away when touched by people in high storms. The Shin Party arrive, and Vistam informs Risen of their interesting class systems. The warriors are the lowest in the society, and the farmers are the highest, or like treated like royalty. Uh, during the bartering, both parties do their best to make their items seem worthless, which was hilarious. Um, Vistam later informs Risen that this is the proper way to haggle with the Shin, uh, you have to be truthful and straightforward. Uh, now, during this time, it's revealed that Vistam had been the one to obtain Seth's 
Oatstone, which is the assassin in white. Uh, and he said that he regretted trading him later as he was a very good servant. Now, before Vistum and Risen leave, Vistum has Risen take a sample of soil and a plant so she can practice taking care of it and learn something about the people. By doing so, she becomes a better merchant, hopefully. And that's uh, Interlude 4. Really interesting chapter. What, what did you guys think? I mean, there's more names, more people to know. It's, uh, I mean, it's an interlude. It's a, it's a pretty crazy one, but I think the big reason why I think that is the scenery. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I got a picture of a uh, Risen up here with a. Uh, oh, I, I don't know if I mentioned that they're both Thalen, uh, so they've got long white, you know, cr- like somewhat curly eyebrows, and they tuck them behind their ears. And it's just so unique. Really like, how does cool. he come up with these ideas? Yeah, it's awesome. And the Thalens are famous for being merchants. Also, what is the the thing in the picture pulling the cart? Oh, those are chulls. That is a chull. Chull, Betsy. It looks like a crab. I'm just going to yeah. move on. No, of course. <laughs> Betsy, we've talked about this. Chulls are <laughs> giant crabs. That's the thing. I, yeah. They're rock, rock-fed chull dung to, to Sadius. Oh, my God. Looking at the image of it really changes your feeling about that. This was also an interesting chapter for me, at least, because I think that this is the first sort of introduction to the Shin people and their way of life. And so far, I kind of think we've only been seeing them through the eyes of other people. And yeah, we get a little bit of that here, like... Our, our main character in this little interlude's a little bit unreliable. Like you can see her bias while she's kind of judging the customs of the Shin. But like, I think in everything we've read so far, people kind of look down on them. So it was really cool in this chapter to see like their actual like culture and where they come from. Right. And yeah. I thought, I thought it was, um, I thought it was, uh, funny that she was so disturbed by the fact that the grass didn't move like she mentally did not understand what was happening when she stepped on the grass she literally described it as like slow of wit she's like something is wrong with this grass and she called it stupid (laughs) stupid so much time was spent on the grass and like the dirt (laughs) it was interesting because i i think i think that is definitely a part of the world building for for Brando Sandoz, that he's trying to explain how Shin is so much different from the rest of, or from what we've seen so far, Roshar. I mean, also uh, what we know of for what grass and trees look like to us. That is, I think, the the most interesting part about this. It just talks about how the grass doesn't move. It's like you're walking on grass. The trees are like skeletons with leaves all over them like a tree yeah it's just really trying to in my in my opinion this is brandon choosing to make it very clear how different this place is from roshar but also how different roshar is yeah yeah right but also i think that is seen really clearly in the idea that the farmers are the highest in the society and then the soldiers are the lowest which is like the most clear like antithesis to the Alethi. Yeah, that's I wrote the so exact true. same thing. They talked about that in earlier chapters. Soldier is the highest honor. In Shinovar, they literally trade them away. 
Right. It, that that part is kind of just crazy to me because they just traded away um, Seth, who is literally just a nuclear weapon. <laughs> like, like it seemed like they knew it too. Yeah, like yeah. like they're kind of implying like they're happy to be rid like. Happy yeah. to be rid of him. They go more than imply. They're like, we really hope we never see someone like him again. Right, he but can they, stay over there. But they set him, either they're super gullible, they just setting him on the world and just expect people to be good, right? And use him for good. Or or I guess they're just not good people. Because like, I don't understand how you like don't don't realize that Seth can is going to be used for evil do they not see that that if they trade warriors away this is what's gonna happen i don't know i think they think so lowly of warriors that it's basically like throwing away trash to them and and they seem to be like isolationist right they're, they're clearly different they live behind these huge mountains they don't really get much of the storm so they probably like do whatever you want with them it's like a different it's not a, not our problem basically I'm going to ask a stupid question, but I still feel like I am unclear on the Shin versus the Parshendi. And I'm getting, I was getting that confused in this chapter when I was trying to think about the difference. Okay. Yeah. The Shin, Shin are humans. Shin are human people. Yeah. Just like, like a left. Like, and they're just bald mm-hmm. with big round eyes. That's yeah. what, that's how they're described. So they, are they connected to the Parshendi? Not that I know of. They not, they're just not, they're not just they're seen. just human beings. We're it's like when we went to the Pure Lakes in the last interlude. We're just in another place where humans live. Basically. Am I thinking about when they refer to Parshman? Yes, uh, you're thinking of the Parshman. Parshman. The okay, they so are very Parshendi like. The Parshman It's the S H. Yeah. <laughs> the Parshman the Parshman are basically like like perfect servants. I would describe them as for Alethi and the Parshendi are who the Alethi are fighting. Okay. I understand now. The Parshendi are the one that grow their armor. Parshmen are like, they look like them, like maybe weird cousins. Yeah. And they're like yeah. slaves. And then the Shin they're, yeah, are just humans that like farmers. Got, I got that. This just threw me for a second, but that makes sense. Right. Right. Oh, another thing I thought was really funny is uh she she comments on how weird safe hand traditions are um but like almost in the same breath she's like oh vistum became her bapsk and that meant that she was his apprentice technically he was her father now i was like what yeah what very confusing you thought that like the safe hand thing was weird like what i know luckily he seems like an okay guy but it is super weird. Yeah. Another th- question I had, they're talking about the fa- like the special Fabriel that they had that alerted them to when someone was approaching. So I kind of thought that they were implying that either Fabriels had only recently been invented or this kind had only recently been invented. And it was just making me think about like with the Alethi and having only recently like discovered gem hearts and I was just trying to wrap my head around the timeline of all this and like how recent have a lot of these things come into their world like harnessing stormlight fabrials like gem hearts like all these things that are so important to this story like I don't have a sense yet of how recent this is to the like 
Roshar? I think the answer to what you're looking for can be described in two ways. First, different timelines kind of for a lot of what you just said. And also Rafo. <laughs> and also Rafo. That's the best I can do. I, uh, yeah. And the only thing I'll say is like to the Fabrials, um, they're just, the, the Fabrials exist. They're using, um, is that what the Soulcasters are too? Yeah, uh, Soulcasters of Fabrials. Soulcasters of Fabrials, and they're just they're just inventing stuff as we go. It seems like they're just pr- like coming up with things on the fly and learning new things to try. Yeah, I don't want to call it a new science, Betsy, but it's an evolving science. It's probably the right way to put it. Yeah, I can't put time can't put a timeline on it for sure, but they've definitely had it for I don't know hundreds of years. I would say for sure. Yeah, definitely at least there's probably like those soulcasters. I feel like those go back to like the uh, what's it, the hierarchy when the church took over. Yeah, so those it's been around for a while because the church were in charge. They controlled a lot of like powerful stuff. Probably soulcasters included. Yeah, but I yeah. feel like they are exploring it now. I mean, they just discovered that Fabriel that we saw, which like alerted someone's presence, and the fire one. We saw that with uh, the feast in the last few chapters. But other than that, new stuff, old stuff. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hope uh, that helped. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it helped as well. Did you think it was funny the way uh, that Vistum traded with the Shin people? I found yeah. it. I actually found it hilarious. I'll be honest. Like, what, I mean, honestly, this is just trash. Take it. Yeah, they're I mean, like, take they're like, my you, thing is actually trash. trash. We don't even really want this to be. To I, be I was so confused at first until I like got that what the joke was. I yeah. was like, what are they talking about? <laughs> that was, was like, yes. the humility is so big to this people. That was a fun way to bargain for sure. I think I think this is where Brandon really does well with world building. Honestly, we're probably going to see it throughout these like interludes. But it's 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 just excellent world building to flesh out everything that's happening in the story, and show you the bigger pictures. Yeah, yeah that's really what this feels like for. Like we got the only thing that really stood out in the story we've had so far is Vistim had Zeth at yeah. one point. Yeah, there's the connection for sure. Did you guys have anything else for interlude four? Not at this time. I think that was it for me. That was a fun one. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, all right. I hope she takes care of the grass. I hope she does too. Oh, yeah. She doesn't understand what soil is, which is also funny. <laughs> also ties back to <laughs> Seth calling these people stonewalkers too. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, uh, we'll get into that. So let's take us into interlude five. Interlude five, Axes the Collector. Axes wakes up naked and hungover in an alleyway in the city of Kazator. Surprisingly, this seems like an average day for him. He also finds that he has a so-called bum in the alleyway with him who wants to charge him for rent for sleeping there. And honestly, we don't blame him. We find out that Axes is an Amian with blue toenails and fingernails and deep crystalline blue eyes. His alleyway companion had carefully constructed a small city from discards of trash and filth. And it turns out Axes had trampled all over it the night before, destroying the city's miniature temple of the northern god in Harpoon Street. <laughs> this is this is very detailed. <laughs> he well asked done, Betsy, well done. Let me keep going, guys. <laughs> he asked Axes if he's a void bringer or herald, which to Axes 
He says he must be a void bringer if he destroys the temple. So we find out that we're in Iri, which is a nation much warmer than those to the east, and that the Iraeli people have golden hair and wear painted patterns on their skin of many different colors. This prevents Axie's tattoos from sticking out too much. But he's still worried about drawing unwanted attention, as his shadow is cast towards the sun rather than away from it. Axis is a researcher of Spren, traveling around researching all different types. The prior night, he was researching Ale Spren, and he did so by getting very drunk on purpose, hoping to see one. He walks down to the docks, where a crowd has gathered to see exactly what he's there for. The emergence of Kusakesh, the protector, a nice. very large and strange Spren that appears at precisely 7.46 every morning and emerges as a massive jet of translucent, translucent water with many changing indistinguishable faces. While watching this spren, a gang of youths grab Axie's ragged covering he took from the bum and they run off with it. Axie's is arrested for his nakedness, but whistles all the way to the jail. This a was a fun chapter. Youth. I really liked, um, I, yeah, I really liked Axie's character and was like immediately laughing at the situation that he was put in. Just like we're waking up with him naked in an alley. Hungover. Super hungover. He's just trying to figure out how he got there. <laughs> um, he's not surprised at all. He's like, oh, all right, this happened again. Okay, let's see what happened. Looks and at once, his tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> and like once again, it's a super original character. Yeah. Like very specific details like the blue nails. And blue skin. I'm, I'm, it's crazy that he doesn't even like stand out that much in, um, what was it called? The Irie? The Irie. And like the detail that he writes, he like takes notes on his own skin. Dude, so he's just like he's, covered he, in ink. Dude, he sounds like an alien. It's, it's so crazy. He really does. Um, I mean, you can't get over the blue skin, blue toenails, like bluish hair, everything. I mean, we have an image here in our notes. It's, uh, I would advise you guys to Google it too if you wanted to see what this looks like. But he's a oh, blue yeah, guy. I showed, I showed, he's just a blue guy. I actually also have the image of Kusakesh as well, Bet, so if you want to scroll up. Okay, do you know what he looks like to me in this image? Do you guys, what's the the Christmas movie that's like claymation and there's frost you're, you're saying he looks like jack frost he looks like jack frost from the the claymation no 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 or about the isle of misfit toys no i'm talking about the one where there's like the fire guy and the ice guy oh. are you talking about For, are you talking about the misers yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> mr like what's it called the heat miser the heat miser <laughs> okay ignore me the people who know know max, max is mr heat miser that's oh hilarious <laughs> Well, um, he's blue. He's kind of hot in the photo. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, what a way to wake up. That was hilarious. Um, and Kusakesh looks really cool also. It's crazy that this spren just comes up like every day at the same time. And there's only like one that he, that he said that he knows of, of this spren. Um, but it's really, really interesting chapter. Said he was doing research on it as well. Research, research on all Sprint. Right. And the fact that he's so used to having just nothing with him all the time. Right. Like he's just kind of a wandering soul who doesn't, I think they call it the curse of kind. Like he just doesn't really have a care in the world. Yeah. But does seem to be on this mission to be documenting like all these different types of Spren. And this one, especially the like, water jet spren 
really had me questioning like I think I've brought this up before but like what spren really are because it is super bizarre and like all the changing faces and like this doesn't sound like spren we've met before it's so accurate that it pops up as a tall like like tower grows like the four arms water jet arms and the arms go in the same place for so long that they were able to build golden little handles for it to place its hands on. And it appears that's at the how same accurately time. it comes up every day and moves its hands in the same exact place that their whole like culture is to build these little things for it to like so so it can appear as if it's grabbing them, which is really cool. I mean, it, they use it to set their timepieces. Like it's it's yeah. consistent. Every day, 7.46 a.m., we see this just giant fountain of water come up and look at it's people. It's like a tourist attraction. Wait, well, yeah. Really yeah. Also, um, so he was described as Amian in the chapter. And I even have some quotes where he, he talks about Amians. And it says, like all Amians, he could change the color and markings of his skin at will. And he obviously uses it to take notes. But that's pretty awesome and definitely something new we've seen in this entire book so is he blue by choice that's a good question (laughs) match his nails and his eyes um yeah i really liked i thought al spren was pretty funny as a a fun type of spren to learn about i also came up with a theory while i was reading this interlude Ooh, nice we love that my theory is that this whole story is taking place in the bum's little village that he created. The city of trash. Yeah. <laughs> so you think? Let me wait. And that a- and that Axes is a void bringer, and that's what they are. And Kaladin's down there somewhere <laughs> in the trash. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a step back. <laughs> you think, like at the end, at you know what, you know what. R- Raffo. <laughs> <laughs> what <are you>, Raffo. <laughs> Just Raffo. Um damn it. Yeah, I can't believe she got it. <laughs> um anything is possible. Anything's possible. Actually, Betsy, we need to hear more of your theories. I want to hear uh, more theories as we as we move along through these Holy chapters. Because it, it's it'll be cool <laughs> to go back and see where you were probably mostly right and sometimes wrong. We need like a segment with the with the the, the trash yeah. city. <laughs> you're like you're like close. <laughs> Why would they put that in there? Um, what else was there uh, for this chapter? I think that kind of covered it. Like similar to what you said for the last one, it just kind of introduces us to a new city, a new type of character, um, like just really interesting world building. I don't think this is in the. No, this isn't a spoiler either. This is another quote I think from the um, from this chapter. It says, "Axes belong to a race who, being extremely long lived, tend to dedicate themselves to some kind of task to keep themselves from going strange." And then this says, "Well, more strange." So it's it's interesting that he had he calls himself the collector and um, has dedicated himself to Spren. So it's like they live for so long they have to have They're getting to bored. Do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like how the Cullens just go to high school. Yeah. It's over exactly and over like again. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Yeah, but theirs is more creepy. Wait, whose? All right. <laughs> the fact that the Cullens live forever and they just spend their time going to high school. 
Yeah, when you really take a step back, there are a lot of holes in this story. In that story, it's like, dude, you're a vampire. Why? Why are you hanging around sixteen-year-olds? Least Ax- Axes is just getting drunk on purpose, trying to find some ale spread. To l- trying to find some ale spread. Get behind that. All right. So with that, we're going to move on to interlude six. Interlude six. A work of art. Zeth, son, son, Villano, truthless of Shinovar, crouched on a high stone ledge at the side of the gambling den. Some untold time after we've last seen him, Zeth, the assassin in white, who's kicked off everything we've seen so far, is still bound by his O-stone to Makek, the bandit who took control of Zeth the last time we saw him. Around him, Men lose fears to drugs, alcohol, and gambling in the den that Makek has created, at the expense, of course, of Zeth's special skills. When Zeth's new boss gives him the signal, he slips off into the night to assassinate the only other man brave enough to compete with Makek's growing underworld empire. Coming to where the other boss, Gavishaw, is holed up, we see Zeth use his powers, he runs up a wall and down a ceiling as if walking a straight path. He opens the door to find his target, Gavishaw's head, already on a table. Shocked and a bit surprised, a voice echoes in the room, congratulating Zeth on his achievement so far, such as toppling one of the greatest kingdoms on Roshar. After Zeth tries to turn away, this hidden man shows him his master, Makek's head, and... More importantly, Zeth's O-Stone. He is now bound to the Shadow, who shows him a new list of assassination targets, which includes some of the world's most powerful figures. So good. So good. Once again, they trade. They just traded this thing away. It, it's crazy. He's a nuclear, He's a nuclear weapon. weapon. Also, really this is, is like such a. This is such a like villain like op- opener you know what i mean like i i was telling james i i think this is my favorite chapter of the whole book so far really because there like there was so much in it and i feel like like reading the ending of this it's like holy shit <laughs> yeah you just like know shit's about to go down but like it's just so interesting he's like coming out of the shadows and like rolls ahead towards him or something uh, no, it's it's a crazy chapter. I, I think that the way it starts, the way it ends, you know, he's just like chilling. He's in, in like a poker room. People are doing some drugs around him, drinking some booze. There's some exposed safe hands. I, I don't know. If yeah, you yeah. So I wrote that down. I wrote that down, too. Uh, once again, he comments on how weird it is. That they're that they care about safe hand stuff, and then is following a, an, an oath stone. It's just it's funny that Brandon writes these people who are like judging other people's culture while also having the weirdest <laughs> things as well. Well, also the fact I th- I feel like this really makes me realize even more how serious it is about Dalinar's visions because they talk about how here, kind of in the backwater of this town, like. People are showing their safe hands. There's so much scandal, but it's still like no one would dare kind of play a game where they could potentially um, predict the future. Like that's still extremely frowned upon. Yeah. It's crazy how like deeply um, 
religious they are when it comes to the Voronism and about predicting the future. They don't even bet on the end of like a hand. They bet on what their hands are as they are. Isn't that crazy? They don't have a game of chance that they bet on because it's predicting the future. Right. They have to like see the cards first and then bet, basically. Um, Also, I I agree, Bets. This is one of the most exciting chapters um, because it's just it's it's anticipation of what's to come. The ending, the ending line of like Seth, like realizing he's like, oh no, they're going to force me to like do some like horrible things that'll shake the world. He even like says like, and then like he just calmly like accepts it. He just like folds the list, puts it like away, and he and he goes. He, he was surprised that his hand was so steady. He should be trembling for soon the world itself would shake. Like, Bruh. how could the Shin people just let this guy go? He is a monster. <laughs> I know. And he also has so much emotional turmoil, too. Like, going back to what you were saying, like, about how he was kind of starting to question himself. Like, if he's questioning their religious beliefs, it's like making him nervous about his own. And what he's been forced to do and how if he kind of doesn't have this quote-unquote like stone shamanism like to believe in then he has to face the fact that he's done like all these horrible things and at least that was how I interpreted it no that's a really good way to put it I think Betsy he, he has this like shield that he hides behind with stone shamanism he is uh, allowed to do everything he's doing it's the will of whatever the O stone, uh, but you know if he doesn't have that, he's just thrown the world into chaos for no reason. It it also shows that he's not he himself doesn't like he doesn't seem evil, you know, because when 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 set to uh to assassinate or kill that that guy, he purposely chooses to spare all of the guards because and he literally thinks to himself. Well, they didn't say how I could do it, and he chose he he chooses you know the least amount of casualties in that way. Yeah, he's very strategic about it, like really thinking through how he he can go out of his way to not reveal that he is a shard blade because he knows it would just like only be worse if the person in control of him knew. And right, things he's, like that. Yeah, it said that he only revealed his shard blade because the tasks that he was set to do were becoming harder and harder. So he had to, you know, pull pull it out eventually. Um, But he definitely said that he was like trying to preserve his, whatever humanity he had left by killing the least amount of people possible. Yeah. And then there was a note where they said that, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but so if he, if someone asked him for his blade or no, if someone killed him, the Shin stone shamans would come and retrieve his blade. Yeah, yeah. And it, so it just makes this whole mystery of like how he ended up in this situation. And How would they know? Also? Why do they know he has the right. blade? Yeah. And what, what's their agenda here? Like they, they know enough to kind of have this pact that they'll come collect the blade if he's killed. Like, why, why is he out there in this position where he's getting handed off from one person to the next, just committing these minor murders until, obviously, this chapter? And how powerful are these Shin shaman, stone shaman people that they can just 
find this blade anywhere and retrieve it from whoever had it you know it brings up a lot of questions about the shin yeah and that's like the set the number two command that he has is he cannot give the blade away if he dies the stone shamans come receive it or come retrieve it sorry that's the number two the other is do whatever whoever has the o stone says oh oh also also uh the list of the uh, the high princes to kill is that it was uh, about six. Um, and it also at the end said that the king of Jacavid was on there, and the king of Jacavid. Have we met the king yet? No, not that king. Um, that is Shallon's king, right? She's from. Yacobed? Oh, oh! I was thinking. I was thinking of the king of Carbrand. Oh, I was thinking no, of Carbrand. No, no, not him. Oh, yeah. That guy. That's Taravandrian. Yeah. Yeah. We see him okay. in okay. So we haven't we haven't seen the King of Jacavid. Yeah, and then when he's talking about what the fallout would be and that the Alethi would realize that he was the one, he was the assassin in white, and that they could potentially just leave their battle on the shattered plains behind to just totally wage war. Right. And Yaqavid. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was a this was a fun build up chapter for sure. Yeah, for soon the world itself like, would shake. Like a, like that guy coming out of the shadows basically could have just been like evil cackling at that point. Like it was just so yeah, that trope. the head like rolls. Yeah, out. he like emerges. He's like <laughs> like it's just so classic. It's classic, classically Can you evil. evil cackle and like, again, how does he please? know? How does he know his <laughs> name? That's a, that's another good point. You, James, you evil cackle. <laughs> that's not how you emerge from the shadows. <laughs> oh shit! That's it's, my it's normal like laugh. <laughs> that was that was it. <laughs> you just did it. <laughs> You're saying that's my normal true. laugh is an evil cackle? <laughs> it's like ha 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 ha. Uh, no, I don't think I can. Also, do it. I re- I remember I remember mentioning in our very first chapter with Kaladin in the cart that he was having an Aragorn moment, being like the moody guy in the corner, but. This chapter is truly Zeth's Aragorn. Absolutely. The Absolutely. Where we come in with Zeth, and he's just like chilling. <laughs> and like the, the pub just goes silent. Yeah, and he's he like putting like a ridiculous like all black outfit to look intimidating, but it's just like not practical. It's just silly. Oh, Betsy, that's such a good connection. That's so exactly what happened in this scene. <laughs> it's a great, great chapter. Great chapter. I mean, we see a little bit more of Zeth's powers. He names it. Uh, he calls it what it is, surge binding. Oh, that that yeah, he did call it surge binding, and it was also really cool just to see him like break into that place because at a, I can like vividly picture him he like doing a flip into the building and then suddenly flipping up into the ceiling at the same time. Like that was really cool. And it said that it was like he's standing in a giant bowl because he was upside. Yeah, down. at the bottom of it, but it's the top. It's like yeah. very Spider Man, but cooler. I feel like Richie yeah. hates me saying that, but it's true. Well, I hope they do it justice if it ever comes to TV or film. That's a good point. I feel like animated would be great. Is it? Is it going to come to TV or film? I I think I think eventually. Sold. Yeah, I think eventually Stormlight would, um, and definitely Mistborn. I think Mistborn and Stormlight would be the first two, um, and there's definitely something in the works for sure. I think you would do. I I think Mistborn comes first. Personally, I think that would be both easier to do, uh, less of a world. And also shorter, punchier. So if it works out, I think we'll see that first. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I say this every episode. I've, I've been wrong before. 
once or twice. So, do you guys have anything else for this chapter? Uh, no. But Zeth, I think we're going to see more of him and maybe some more interludes. We've got a prologue, an interlude, and an interlude. So, keep an eye out for the next ones and, uh, as we follow the assassin in white as he shakes the world. You right. sounded like such a newscaster oh there. <laughs> yeah, dude. We're All right, Betsy, get story. off the bus. <laughs> it's so it's so NPR, dude. All right, we will be heading into the spoiler section. Our conversations will be centered around these specific interludes uh, in the context of the entire Brando Sando Cosmere. Uh, that includes Stormlight, Mistborn, Warbreaker, Elantris, the White Sand graphic novels, and Arcanum Unbounded, and the Secret Projects, not including Yumi and the Nightmare Painter yet. We were so, we'll still hold off on that. Um, so if you are caught up, stick around. And if you'd like to contact us, our email address is highlyinvestedpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Kremlings. Bye. And we are back in the spoiler section. Me and Dappy. Let's get into it. Let's go. Yo, we got a lot to cover from these chapters, I think. I mean, they seem like such nothing chapters. They always do. But so much shit happened. (laughs) I know. It's just, it's it's like, it's like, oh God, there's so much happening in the future, you know? Um, So basically, let's start, just to get into it. Interlude, interlude four, right? The first thing we get, the first thing we get is risen stepping and feeling the grass with her feet. With her feet. I know. I noticed the N- same thing. Never Richard. never to feel her feet again. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, because as we know, and maybe some crumblings will forget, she is mainly featured in the novella Dawn Shard. And by that point, she will have been paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah, she falls off the big turtle. But I, I don't know if that's what book that's. Uh, what the, what book that happened? I in. believe it's an interlude it's not in Wave Oathbringer. Kings. Okay, so in Oathbringer, uh, she falls off the giant god turtle and injures herself and becomes paralyzed. But then in Dawn Shard, Risen takes up a Dawn Shard. Wait, I'm uh, wrong. I feel one? like it's a it's a Words of Radiance interlude, and then in Oathbringer we see her on her with her like little pet uh, Larkin. In the interludes, uh-huh. but we don't know what happens with the Larkin and all that until Dawnshard, which is between three and four. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because she goes on a mission sent uh, by Navani. What? What is the? What is her Dawnshard? Do you remember what change? The command is? Change. I feel like Risen has a big part to play. Oh, Risen is going to, to be huge. I think in this story. one of the few people we know who has held a Dawnshard. I, I mean, I only know Hoy. Oh, no. We know one more. But it is in a prelude, so I will not say. Wait, what it do you mean? It's in a prelude to um, Secret Project 4. Oh, 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 oh. So gotcha, I won't say. Gotcha. But yes, oh, yeah, we yeah. we do gotcha. know that Hoyd has held one. He mentions that actually in this book, in the letter, when he's talking about the element, it's really safe. It's as safe as his own skin. He's talking about the Dawn Chart. Uh, and Risen, right. that's it. We know there's four, and we yeah. know that... The original seventeen 
which is Hoyd plus the other 16, used the Dawn Shards to destroy Adelnasium. But we don't gotcha. know how. We don't know what they say. We don't know. We don't Wait, know anything. I didn't know, you that, didn't know that. Honestly, uh, I, it's in a wobble. I didn't believe that they use the dawn charge to do. Yeah, it. they use the dawn charge to kill him. Either wow. that isn't a wob, or it's like a very leading theory. Yeah, it's hard because some of some of these wobs and some of these things that we know about the Cosmere also come from Dragonsteel Prime. Yeah, but that's not that's uh, not canon. I know it's not canon, but there are a lot of things that are part of it that are that show up that are. It's kind of annoying because people know what they are because they read Dragon Seal yeah, Prime. Because, um, you know, and we'll, we can get into that uh, later. But so focus on interlude for <laughs> um, Shinovar is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's the place where the original humans landed. Oh, yeah. We were, we were dancing around that so hard. In the, in the, I, I thought we were fine. I thought we were fine. I thought we were fine. I was like, yeah, it's like normal Earth and humans. They're definitely humans. You kept saying that, and that's when it became a little, no, it might come be a little on. bit it's more It's important apparent. to note that. They note that like crazy in the in this yes. chapter. It, but it, yeah, it's, it's very clear that it's like, this is like your regular your planet Agreed. you know like that's what brandon was trying to get at there yeah, but we need to learn more about shinovar the stone shaman we don't know anything we don't, like, we don't know anything Betsy asking it, those dude. questions and i'm like yeah we'll uh we'll find out next book <laughs> no not only do we not know anything but it's also it it is confusing why they would set seth onto the world like that what the it, fuck? i don't care we know I don't why care what the fuck i don't care what he did to make him truthless Lock him up somewhere. Don't fucking set him onto Roshar and cause the entire Stormlight Archive to happen. The <laughs> like, only what? thing he did that we know of, the only thing he did, and it's probably more nuanced than this, is that he told the truth about the coming of the Everstorm, the coming back of the Radiance, the Desolations. Right. And I know that and I know that they, they don't value warriors, but their punishment is for him to become the ultimate warrior and to give him one of the honor blades to roam the earth. Thank you for writing that. I mean, I wrote this in the interlude six part, but why the hell did they give him an honor blade? Oh shit! Yes, yeah. I know. <laughs> okay, I know. okay. We'll come back to that. Okay, let's just, focus on the the merchant. No, no. Trip. I mean, we yeah. We, I mean, we well, all right. Fine. We'll 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 put a pin in it for interlude six. But yes, what else do you have for interlude four? Well, we should, we, I do have a few things like no sprint. There are no sprint in Shinovar. I did not notice that before. Uh, okay, yes. There are yeah. no Yeah, I saw spread. that too. What? What the Don't hell? Don't understand that, but possibly because Stormlight is is energy and life, and maybe... It can't reach there. They're connected to that somehow. Yeah, it, can, it can't reach the there. The invested storms, that's right. a good point. Okay, fair point. Uh, he who adds their god, the Shin people's god, he who adds... Is he who adds... No idea who that is. Okay. That's why they like farmers, because they add to society. And warriors gotcha. take so it's away. A creator. It's a creator. Exactly. Yes. Don't know more. It's whatever that is. Uh, I completely forgot that Vastim was Zephyr's master. I just totally forgot. I didn't know that. that. <laughs> yeah. Completely forgot about that either. That was a nice little drop to connect Interlude 4. Yeah. But other than that, the only real question I have for you, because everything I just said, we don't know the answer to, but the Fabriel. What is that? It brings up how it's in a metal casing. We know that those are like connected to the metals from Skadrio, right? The casing dep- makes it depend on what it's going to do. So is that what right? Tin? Like like how aluminum aluminum affects it and stuff. But yeah, I I actually don't know. I feel like it must. But be it maybe tin. it enhances it. It enhances it somehow. Yeah, 
because it, it gives a warning for people showing up. So maybe it it senses, like you said, like it could enhance it somehow through tin. Oh, maybe not a tin. What's the other one? A seeker. Bronze. Could be bronze. Did they describe the type of it metal? Grow, it glowed. It, it, didn't, it just said metal casing. I don't think he wants to really call any attention to it as of this time. I mean, we only learned about that stuff really in the last book, book four. God, we need, we need, this is a very hard magic system. We need like charts and graphs. Well, there are those. There are arcana. There are for the, for the, for, for Alamancy and Ferrochemy. I, I, I just need it because there's There's so so many. many. I mean, yeah, there's 16. So many you could mix and max. Yeah. Um, but did you have anything else for interlude? Other than that, no. We just we need Zeth's prelude chap- prologue. Sorry, prologue chapters. We need his flashbacks. Wait, so whose yeah. point of view do we get? Gavilar's, right? Duh. Um, but we need his flashback. We need his flashback. Chapters. Yes, uh, yeah, and we we know that Stormlight Five is going to have Zeth's Zeth's flashbacks. flashback. Uh, that has to tie in a lot because we also know that after Stormlight 5, there's going to be a time jump. Yep, and it, we're going to have different point of view characters. We know some of them. I won't spoil that. There's, there's no point in knowing that. That's That one is really... I do have a theory, though. I think I think that... I think Kaladin dies. Yeah. I really... I think he does. I think he either dies or becomes honor. Yeah. He ascends to honor yeah. and fights off Teravangian. Sorry, Todium. I should, should call him by his real name. Uh, or he dies. And, you yeah. know, my other theory is that Dalinar loses the contest of champions and becomes the ultimate and, bad in the Cosmere. Yeah. I could see that. But we man. know oh the contest God. of champions is happening. That fight is happening at the end of Stormlight. It has to. Oh, yeah. Right? I, I, it's 10 days. 10 days from the day he made the contract with Odium. And Odium, Raze, is, is, is already Is this dead. entire book going to happen in 10 days or going to take place within 10 days it absolutely might that's crazy dude i mean we've had like five years since way of kings to the end of rhythm of war we've had a long time yeah i don't know if it's five years uh, but it's a long time okay well let's let's move on to axes the collector yeah I, what <laughs> the fuck is axes dude i wasn't a, i wasn't hinting when i said he's an alien i don't remember what he is so i really don't I know really sure axes is he is a sleepless, but one who like avoids the thing. I'm pretty sure. No way. He's either a Dicean Amian. All right, we'll look it up. We'll look it up. We're looking what it is up. It, what, it, what is an Amian? An Amian is from Amia. It was the scouring of Amia. That's where uh, Risen goes in Dawnshard. He's a Sia Amian. So no, he's not a sleepless. He is basically immortal. Yeah, because I feel like sleepless... When they when we're in their heads and we can hear what they're where they're I I think that it would be more of like a we situation since sleepless are like a horde. For those who don't remember sleepless, we were introduced to them um, in Edge Dancer mm-hmm. when Lyft was talking to an old man, and I think she went back to like protect him in an alleyway, mm-hmm. and it turns out he can protect himself. And she saw a bunch of like crabs and other kremlings crawling around him and forming his body. Um, and that's when our, that's our first look. And then we get another look at them in Dawn Shard. Yeah. We get a point of view from them in Dawn Shard. Is it a point of view? I, well, is it, I don't know if it's a point of view, but we get like their conversations. Like, like the sleepless in Dawn Shard is, are, are talking to other sleepless. I mean, that is true. And he has a mission. It's the guy with the scar on his face. Who's a sleepless. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. Oh yeah. It's, um, it's like Risen's like bodyguard. 
Yes. Yeah. I think we get his point of view from it. Wow. So we, so we know that sleepless are, you know, hordes of, uh, it's a hive mind, basically, of yeah. creatures. But that is not what, it's not, I don't think that's what Axes is. I think you're right. I, I, I'm it, wrong. Is, so sleepless are the Dysian Amians. They are a race of people from Amia, which got scoured at some time. I'm sorry, that's just the word they use. They got, it got scoured at one time, and that's why Amians are rare. There's like only like 10 hordes. Probably there is 10, because that's the number for this planet. But then there's a lot more Sia Amians, which is what Axias is. Right, but, but, but Sleepless aren't from Roshar. Yeah, they are. Originally? 90% uh, sure. We may not actually know enough. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we know where they come from originally. I will say this. The Copper Mine says that they're not native to Roshar. What? But where? Mo- most of Cosmere, it's like I just I just searched them on the Copper Mine. I'm on the Copper um, Mine. It said most of the Cosmere Sleepless live on Roshar, but unrelated swarms exist on other worlds. Although not native to Roshar, some sleepless lived in Amia prior to the scouring You're right. of Amia. Damn. So, so I, they're not native to Roshar. They just happen to live They there. don't know where they're they're native from. So maybe there's only 10 um, Dysian Amians. So the ones that are sleepless on. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Well, back to Axes the Collector. Oh my God. This happens every time. <laughs> What what the fuck is this man? <laughs> so he's a he's Sia Amian. He's definitely native to Rojar. He's native but to But it's Amian. also crazy that no that it's crazy that like he's not drawing you more attention towards himself. Well it seems that the the Airy people or the Arali people are just are okay with this blue skinned dude with tattoos walking around. Well think about it. What do we know about the Eerie? The, the That was another question I had for you. So the Eerie, Eerie the eerie we've seen them in other books. Yes. Right. So break it down for me because I I know the name eerie and I know Eriali. I know they were mentioned in Trust. I know they were probably mentioned in Mistborn Secret History, but I don't remember everything. I'm pretty sure they're mentioned in Mistborn Era too. But the Eriali are a people from probably the the planet of eerie, but we don't actually know that. So they are an entire race of. Um, their entire race of world hoppers, basically. So the the history of them is that they worship a god that they like. I think they call just the one. And the story is that the one was alone and he didn't have any knowledge. And he basically was like, okay, I need to go through a journey in order to understand the universe that I've created. And so to do that, he split himself into the many. And the many are what the eerie are. The one became the many to experience all things. I actually just saw that on the copper mine. Copper mine. I've been looking it up. So their whole thing is that they need to go through like stages of life. And what they're doing on Roshar is likely one of those stages. Uh, I feel like a lot of it has to do with Adelnasium. We don't know. Uh, that would make sense to me. But this is crazy to me that... that Rosharans don't know. So this is just another race of world hoppers living on Roshar mm-hmm. called the Eerie. They're literally like golden. Yep. It's described as because they're, they're Elantrian world hoppers. Yep. And, and 
no one knows how is Roshar not Cosmere aware at this point? We know what that's how? a part. What do you that, mean? They were desolated thousands and oh, thousands that's of times. Why I keep, dude. <laughs> all right, but yeah, they're desolated. But where where are the eerie during this? Where are the sleepless? Are they just hanging out and watching this? I think the are sleepless the shin, are. Are are the Shin just? That's my question. <laughs> That one. What are the I Shin doing know. during this? I do not. I do not know the answer to that, Richie. And I tell you, we because, will learn in Stormlight. 5. Because the Shin take up all the honor blades after the heralds leave. They seem almost charged with taking care of them. They know way more. It seems the, the disconnect between the different people living on Roshar is kind of crazy to me. Because there need to be like more. Uh, the the, the Thalen alone travel so much. Mm-hmm. Then I'm just surprised that knowledge hasn't traveled that way as well. Well, think about to, it. To other Rosharan Four people. 4,000 like years. Specifically the Alethi, yeah. honestly. Well, That's the part where I'm just confused about. I think the Alethi are pretty influenced by the thrill, being just like setting up a camp in their lands, and so all they really care about is fighting. But honestly, I think the Eerie came after. Uh, I don't think they were there during the, the Desolations. If they were, they didn't care. Uh, and I, the Shin, I don't know the answer to that. But I, I found what I was thinking about, about the Eerie. So the, they believe they are part of something called the Long Trail, which is a series of uh-huh. seven lands, which all must be attained before they will become one again. And the fourth <laughs> land what? is Roshar. Interesting. They arrived on from okay. somewhere besides Ashen and separately from the rest of humanity. And we learn about that at the uh, uh, Chicago signing of the Arcanum Unbounded. Thank you, Coppermind. The Eerie are they different from the, the people of the Eerie? No, the Eerie are the Eerie. They're the same. Okay. You're right. So they, they, are, they are located in Eerie, which is an area on Roshar. Wow. So this whole interlude... You know, besides the Shin chapter, we're getting we're getting world hoppers, and we're wow, yeah, yep. It's the many. I do the Eerie are gonna have a huge part to play, guaranteed. I think it'll be mostly space age Cosmere, so Mistborn era three and four, but I oh it it'll come. Yeah. Okay. Also, the Eerie the Eerie people were mentioned in. Tress of the Emerald Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was mentioned that they departed 300 years prior to the start of Tress of the Emerald Sea, which is just crazy to so me. So Lumar, I think that's the planet. It must have been one of the planets they had to live on. Nuts, dude. Jeez. But we should probably get back to, to Axiace because I do want to bring up, first off, I don't know what the Curse of Kind did. Do you know what that is? Don't know. Kind of sounds like a Dawn Shard, but it sounds like the worst one. Yeah, it, being it, nice. It, de- it definitely sounds like... No, it sounds like he is... Um, he's cursed to be pun- like to, to have the worst luck, mm. to have bad luck. It's an ironic name. Yeah, that could be it, actually. That's a good way to the, think about it's it. A cur- it's a curse of like them not being... Ki- no one is kind to him. He suffers like the worst luck, clearly. Because even in the chapter, it says like, he's expect- he expects this. He just rolls with the punches at this point. So some so something is happening to him where he is co- something like bad things constantly happen to him. Why why do you look so shocked? Fortune? Does that mean anything to you? I just looked up what the curse of kind is on the on the copper mind. So it it doesn't really tell you, and it only appears in this book so far. But 
it's basically a curse that Axias describes as following him. And bad luck follows in the wake of those with the curse of kind, affecting people who interact with someone with the curse and probably those with the curse. This effect is tied to fortune, capital F. And we know that from... Uh, uh, Book signing. Oh, (laughs) God, with the fucking book signing. I know, dude. This is one of the reasons we need this podcast, man. We need to know how it all connects. No, I know. This is really for us. It's really for us to grasp it all, really. Mm. So fortune, uh, fortune is a spiritual property in the Cosmere related to luck. Seeing the future or version, uh, that's it. Yeah. I, I have a feeling like maybe it's not about a shard, even though it's a capital F. That just doesn't seem mm-hmm. like a godly thing. doesn't seem like a yeah, like fortune. It's just luck. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, this is the, don't we see Axes again? Yeah, we see him eventually. I think he's mentioned uh, in either book two or book three, like Yasna or someone sees him, uh, and they're like, "Oh shit, there's that, there's that Spren dude." But we got to bring up obviously Kuzikesh. We were just talking about oh, this before. Kuzikesh, dude. so cool. dude, that's so cool. I just That's crazy. Is he an unmade? Is he an unmade? I don't think is so. He? Do you know? No, I think Kushikesh is a great sprint, and unmade has to be unmade by Odium. Mm-hmm. Are you saying is he has he become one? Mm-hmm. No, I, since we've last we don't seen know him? all of the unmade. We have not met them all. Is he one? True. No. Okay. Is he I the one? So. Th- so there's only nine unmade. It's like asking if the Stormfather is an unmade. Like he, the Kushikesh is a great sprint of Roshar. And I don't think he's been corrupted by Odium. Okay, yet. then who was he a great spread of? Because the sibling is a great spread of the mix of Odium. Oh, sorry, of honor and he's not. Cultivation. He's not. I feel like he's like he's like right below a great spread. Okay, like some sort of spread that has almost almost elevated, right? Like the spread right of below, the ocean or something. Yeah, like so, exactly. Like so, the spread of something very very big, but not enough to have cognizance yet. You know, you think that's what he's trying to get? I mean, he is a hundred percent feasting on investiture, one hundred percent. Right, right. There's because no way they all not. feel tired mm-hmm. after he shows up. Mm-hmm. That is so cool, right? Yep. And we learn from um, uh, Mistborn that all humans have a bit of a, like investiture in them. Uh, I think actually probably it's all people in the Cosmere have a bit of it in them. It's it's almost like he he appears and is feeding on them being awed by him yep. or something like that. And they all feel strangely Which, tired. Yeah. That was that was really interesting. We need more about these Iriali. Uh, <laughs> I got to do a deep dive here cuz this is We're back. This, this whole this whole this whole area is just so crazy. I know, dude. To me. We like don't see them again, too. We just like Yeah, we never hear them. anything about Kusikesh again. Do we see Kusikesh again? I don't think so. I'm like pretty sure we don't see him again. It's just he's what just there the to fuck? introduce um God, the I, when I when I when I first read this, I was just like, what is happening? I, I'm obviously fascinated because I want to know the backstory behind all of this. I know there's a big plan, and I hope we hope we get some more answers. And I don't want them to be in WOBs. It's not fair. I don't want to have to know what a 2012 book signing said about Kushikesh to know what he is. Um, well, I don't even see any there. It's just so the only one on there is from like Jordan Khan. 2018 and oh god uh, here we go all it says it's like it's the secret to everything kuzakesh has been present in the bay for a very long time that is it (laughs) 
Okay. That's right, the entire good. thing. Oh, also, Axie 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 Shadow faces the wrong. Yeah, don't way. know about that. No clue. No idea. What the fuck is <laughs> don't that? Don't have an about? answer. <laughs> Dude, Dude, aliens are weird, man. They're, they're just so really weird. weird. <laughs> There's no other way to describe aliens other than different. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, and Axis is, is an immortal himself. So there are a lot of questions that we need answered there. Hopefully we get some. In like, I don't uh, know, four or five books maybe? Um, yeah. I don't even know if we mentioned that his, his shadow cast towards the sun in um, the non-spoiler section. Did we pick that up? Uh, Betsy, for Betsy did. Yeah. Okay. I try not okay, to pick good. that stuff because even though no, I don't I, know the answer, I want to pick it. I want to pick up those stuff because I we want to point out stuff to readers reading it for the first time still, you True. know, because it's still interesting to them. We just have to pick it up in a discreet way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, uh, all right. So you, are you ready for yeah, interlude, interlude six, baby? Six? Zeth Warwhite. Oh my God, he's back. I love this guy. Dude, I got I felt so bad for him in this chapter. Yeah, I really do feel bad for so him. So bad. He, but also it's like, dude, just don't don't do this for Just don't do it. Doing. Right? Just don't, thank you. Thank just you. Just don't do it. Like like oh my God. I feel bad, but also it's like just maybe break these traditions that you have that allow that are making you kill people and that are wrong and too. It, don't forget. It just really brings up what are the shin about? Like why are they so dedicated to this? It's a great question. I mean, they are so I I don't even know if it's honorable is the right word, but they're hard-headed at least. That's the minimum, I would agree. Oh, let's think about it too. They have 8 or 9 of all of the honor blades. I mean, one was with um, Tana, uh, Tandavast. He did not break. Uh, Tandavast? Oh, yeah. And, and, to, and, and to the, and to the Kremlin, Kremlings listening, who are just in the spoiler section, even though you know you're not supposed to be <laughs> here, um, the honor blades are held by the heralds. Uh, they are the original blades. Yeah. And the blades held by the Knights Radiance are the Spren and humans kind of mimicking the abilities of the honor blades given to the herald by honor tanavast honor is tanavast and uh, honor is tanavast and i meant taln taln has his in braze but the shin have the other nine i think well zeth yeah. has one uh we find out someone else has one he gets really mad remember later on he's like how do you have that, that blade that's my father's blade um something like that um but right, they have right. the rest of them why the hell do they have the rest of them oh my god the shin dude I need Dude, this I book not, to we come need, out we have right so many, now. <laughs> so many questions. Well, it's coming out in 2024, so. Yeah. It's, we have We're over a year. Have to wait we got time. like 14, 15 months to go through. Like stone shamanism? Uh, I don't think that's mentioned again. I, I, no. What the hell is that? <laughs> no, it's upsetting. It's just upsetting. There's just a lot of story to tell, though. So, once again, hopefully he gets to that. One thing I will point out is um, Fire Moss is mentioned yes. here. Yes. Teft. We know that Tef is going to get it. it has gotten addicted to fire moss, and that's why he's a bridgeman. You rub it between your fingers, and you get high. <laughs> get a little high first. <laughs> but first, but apparently, it can be very euphoric high. after you build your uh, calluses. Yeah, Zeth was like, it made um, me sick, so I didn't do it again. Fair. Uh, another another point is that's not Taravangian who rolls the head towards Seth. It's one of his underlings. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's um, the big one. But. Y- We'll see him soon. Okay. And you, you told me that um, a herald is working with Taravangian, though. 
Yes, uh, there is a herald in the in the in the diagram. It's Batar. It's the Order of the Elts Collars, uh, which is of course the one that Yasna is in. Uh, obviously, being an immortal, cognitive shadow, physical body, didn't die. She must have probably gone crazy, and she's like, "I just want it all to end." And maybe she thinks that if she helps bring back Odium and and all the stuff going on, then she would be able to die. Just like Yezrian was able to die, uh, but she, does, she's Dova. Does, that is her name. So if, when we see Dova does, with the diagram, we know it's a herald. We know it's a herald. Mm-hmm. Does Taravangian know? In his almighty brilliance, he must have I, that moment, that one day of brilliance. He he must. You're right. Yeah, in that one day of brilliance, I would imagine that he knows that he would work for it. But at the, at the end, with the fulfillment of the diagram. Daravangian instructed everyone of the diagram to no longer trust Batar, given how much he fears her mental state, as all of the heralds are like absolutely insane. Uh, that happens in Rhythm of War, uh, in one of the interludes. Okay. I need to go reread that. <laughs> yeah, dude, me too. Oh my god. Okay, okay. So we know that Batar is a herald. Yeah, but we know that for a long go time. Known by Dova. Known by Dova. Yep. And we probably know that because of a lob. I'm assuming. Uh, no, um, I mean, it says Rhythm of War Interlude 1-3. Or, sorry, I-3. Wow. I'm going to need to go reread that. Yeah. Batar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll reread that after this, too. <laughs> Me, too. But, um, yeah, man, the diagram has made its move. We get the first of the yeah. secret um, Roshar underground societies making all, its move. All a plan to become Odium. What, what a start, dude. Is that his plan? To really become Odium, because I feel like it. Yeah, sure. It maybe. Well, his when it was, his goal when it was is to save Jock, not Jock Carbrand. Um, Carbrand. The diagram but, is to save it, and it ends with him becoming Odium. Yes. So I don't know. We have to know what he asked the Night Watcher. Yeah, I I wish I knew. I think it was no. Right, wait, we I, do. Because he asks for the power to save his city. Well, I mean, it's a little OP when it comes to power, but I guess he got what he wanted there. But yeah, he does make that alliance with Odium. He agrees with the di- with Odium to allow him to like blow up the rest of the world as long as he saves Carbranth and he undermines all of Dalinar's efforts. That's what the diagram does. Well, yeah, our first our first look at at least uh uh, his underling and uh, some plans for you know the reveal at the end of the book mm. that that uh, he's not as kind and sweetly and old as we think. He Ooh, is. I can't wait for that. Oh man, it, that was a great comment that you had, Richie. You're like, oh yeah, uh, what's that, that other king's name? Um, Car, right, right, Carbrand. That's the king from Car. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, you know the the big bad I, guy now. Then start like I actually I actually forgot. Oh, but doesn't Taravangian become the king of Jacobite? Yes, as well? he does. I didn't want to say that, obviously, but he does. Does that happen at Does that happen at the end of this book? I think it happens in either the end of this book or sometime in the next book. He takes over after Zeth kills the king. We get that scene too, which is amazing. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. God, there's so much in this book. I, I know. I know. Seventeen. Uh, we, we figured that out. There are seventeen books. I still feel like I'm missing a few. Yeah, me too. Actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, 
what do you have anything else for no, this chapter? It's just I, I didn't know I didn't realize till this read through that it was the diagram that made the first move. Yeah. Well, it was the diagram that made the first move, you mean to like that we really to, see. The actual first move is the Skybreakers trying to kill the Son of Honor Amaram, which is when Kaladin kills Helleran. The you know the only reason the Shardbearer was in that stupid fight was because he wanted to kill Amaram, who was. But the even son of before, Honor. but even before that, is it is it not the whole catalyst though, Gavilar? The whole yeah, the Son of Honor. So the three call it how it, there are, no there are four secret societies. There's the Ghostbloods. The Sons of Honor, the Skybreakers, and the Diagram. All of them are competing with each other for goals of their own. We know that the Ghostblood's goal is to get Stormlight off planet so that Cal, sorry, not Cal, uh, Kelsier can figure out how to leave Skadriel. We know the Son of Honor, which is uh, the mixing of Gavilar and Kalek is also to get Stormlight off planet, but that's so Kalek can leave. Uh, and Gavilar thought it was so he could become a herald, but that's not why Kalek yeah, is doing it. Yeah, but Gavilar's an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Skybreakers are the Order of the Radiance that still exist, the only one that does, which is run by Nail, and their whole plan is to just keep every other Knight Radiant just dead, as much dead as possible, and stop the return of the Everstorm. And then the diagram, is, which is the that same is until brain. I think that's until Edge Dancer. Yes, and then they side with Odium because they're all about the they're law the, and and the, the, and the rightful are not people. The first people there, they're not the, the rightful planet. owners exactly. of the planet. Exactly. Fucking skybreakers. Fucking skybreakers, dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we should take the um. We should take a which order are you quiz. I'm down. <laughs> but we gotta. Wait. I guess we have to wait till Betsy understands what that is. Yes. If I had to guess, I think I would either be an edge dancer, or a, like a truth watcher. I I don't I don't even have a concept of which one I would be, but we should totally do that. You'd let's, be a bondsmith. You'd be one of the three. Oh wait, that's who wow. we'd be. We'd be one of the three. We do we read the three bondsmiths. Which one do you want? Awesome. you want? You can have the Stormfather. Okay. I'll, okay, I'll take I'll take Stormfather. Yeah, I'll take the that Night Watcher. Cool. The Night Watcher would be pretty sick. Betsy can have the sibling. <laughs> um no, Betsy we should definitely that, take like, quiz. That'll be fun. That angsty tower. <laughs> the sibling was an interesting yeah. Tower Light is all interesting. Tower Light, yeah. That one, dude, there's just so much more that we definitely just no fucking clue. <laughs> I really just want to know more about the Shin. Like we had moments happening there this episode, and we've had moments other times recently where like Betsy asks questions that she thinks and we, no we answer know the answer it. to and no. refuse to tell her. No we just idea. don't know. <laughs> that's the thing, and if you and if I talk about the fact that I don't know it, that's, that's kind of a that's spoiler because that's, that's, that, that's saying it doesn't get answered. Basically, exactly. So we have to tread lightly, um, but I have I have nothing else for me neither. Uh, interlude six so we will end it here uh thank you for all the kremlings jumping into the spoiler section with us uh and we will continue next time uh, with part three we are uh slowly making our way through all the way of kings we are pretty we're almost halfway there we will be halfway yeah. with this part yep and uh and the next chapter i believe is a shalon chapter so oh, we shit. get another we we finally get back to her so so stick around and uh Stay highly invested.
This this metaphor doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> we've never we've never stopped to address the fact that this doesn't make any no, sense. No, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna what, keep coming does up. Does the bus with go to does a bus go to the spoiler section and then drop us off and then pick us up and then take us home? 